your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. You can download the Spotify Green Room app and join me Wednesday at 7 p.m. to get in on the action. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we are joined by Nash Walker of Locked On Twins and Ben Beacon of Locked On Wolves to have a fun Minnesota sports crossover episode talking all things Timberwolves, Twins, and Wild, some comparisons between the three, and where each team is at in their current quest for a championship. So uh, a great time had by the three of us, and uh, we're working towards trying to get all five Locked On Minnesota shows lined up uh, to do a crossover in the near future. So uh, this just kind of a tease of what's to come uh, when we get that all rolling here uh, relatively soon. So let's get to it. Locked on Minnesota sports crossover featuring Locked on Twins, Locked on Wolves, and Locked on Wild. And welcome to a Locked on Minnesota sports crossover. It's Ben Beacon, Locked on Timberwolves, Seth Topol, Locked on Minnesota Wild. I'm Nash Walker, Locked on Minnesota Twins. Fellas are gathering tonight. Usually it's like we would gather in this uh, environment to like sulk about something. I would say the latest thing that we would talk about is the Wolves losing their pick last night. But Ben... Uh, what was your reaction to that? We'll start with that tonight. The Wolves losing their pick. There's ups and downs all around this this uh, show tonight, I feel like, for our club. So we'll get to it. But Ben uh, is the latest. Ben, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I I guess it was the expected outcome. The Timberwolves had a 27.6% chance at landing a top three pick, a 72.4% chance that they lost the pick. Of course, that was part of the D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins uh, swap last February in 2020. And the Wolves sent both their first and second round pick to Golden State. This one was top three protected. So if it fell outside the top three, it conveyed to Golden State. It did. It landed at number seven. So, um, and there wasn't the, if it had if it had been in that limbo of, of they went to commercial during the lottery and came back with the top four. So I was a little nervous that it would end up in limbo. We'd have to wait for the commercial break and then we'd find out it's fourth and they lose it anyway. So the fact that it fell to seven and they, they lost it, I guess, wasn't the worst case scenario. But uh, so, yeah, no draft pick for the Wolves this year. Um, any other year I would have complained about it, but I mean, after actually moving up for the first time in franchise history last year and getting Anthony Edwards, um, it's, it's tough to get too upset about it, but I guess that puts the bow on at least all the assets from the, from the D'Lo, uh, Andrew Wiggins swap last year. Topes wild, uh, elimination again in the first round. It feels like, uh, it's a trend for, for all of us. If they do make it there for the twins, certainly in the wild recently as well, but what a year, I think it was a really fun year for the wild it reminded me in a lot of ways of the i didn't follow them as closely obviously as like i followed the twins but reminded me a lot of the 2019 twins just like feeling that direction and, and the optimism in that direction would you say that's true seth i would agree it, it was a classic case of a team that coming into the season we didn't really have a whole lot of expectations for it was supposed to be kind of a a, a rebuild on the fly type year we were gonna see what we had with a lot of players on this team and Bill Guerin just pushed the right buttons. Some players got hot and the goaltending was uh, outstanding pretty much all season. Now, did it help playing basically the entire schedule against the West division, which featured four of the worst teams in the NHL? Yes. 
But at the same time, they held their own against Vegas and Colorado and St. Louis. And unfortunately, they had some bad bounces in that series against the Golden Knights. But you look now at this being like the season that they were expected to be serious contenders. They're going to make some moves, get some centers, get Jack Eichel up in here. It is uh, it is very, very exciting time for Wild fans, unless you heard the news on Friday, which uh, we're not going to talk about because it's not it's a bluff. It's a bluff. Yeah. Kaprizov's yeah. not going anywhere. No, and, and I think I wanted to, to talk about this too. The Twins are in, in the middle of a, a really bad year. I mean, a year in which they're expected to be good. And they're playing better ball of late. Five of the last six they've won, but it still feels like a lost season. And we're all uh, we're all used to those. I mean, we've seen those before. And usually what you look at is those rookies, right? The, the rookies who have emerged. Let's start with Anthony Edwards, Ben. Um, what did you see from him in his rookie season? I know there were a lot of doubters at the time. I watched him at Mizzou because he came and played. Um, he came and played Mizzou, and he was playing for Georgia, and uh, just athletic freak, like unbelievable. I know there were questions about like his, I think his shooting and, and other and other things. But what were your first impressions in, in his first year? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, if anybody listened to Lockdown Wolves last year, I, I was actually on the Lamelo ball on the Lamelo ball train. I wanted them to draft ball. I thought having two ball handlers in the backcourt, having two playmakers, and him and D'Angelo Russell would make a lot of sense. Um, and of course, Lamelo Lamelo ball won Rookie of the Year, but Anthony Edwards played about as well as I could have hoped for uh, for somebody who didn't win Rookie of the Year. And, and he actually, long term, should be a really good fit with this team. Um, I was really impressed with how really. His uh, his improvement over the course of the season that I think was the the biggest thing. I mean, early on he wasn't starting when he played. He wasn't efficient. He had some of the defensive issues and long range shooting issues, shot selection problems that you alluded to that that he showed at Georgia. But uh, as the season went on, he became he had a forty plus point game at Phoenix. We I mean Phoenix is still playing there in the conference finals, and uh, he he dominated that game. Um, and down the stretch, once D'Angelo Russell came back healthy playing with D'Lo and Carl Anthony Towns, he continued to put up big numbers and his shooting improved. He got better as the season went on. And that to me, I think he showed more growth throughout the season than any other rookie, including LaMelo Ball. Um, And so the future is definitely bright. And I was pleasantly surprised with how well he played. And and if he plays like he did in March, April, May of this season, then he is going to be a bona fide star in just a couple of years. And the Wolves might have a big three. Um, You know, I, I don't know how fast that, that continued, you know, trajectories or that trajectory will continue, but he's definitely on the right path. And I I was, uh, I was very happy with how he finished the season. Yeah. And I I say that there's nothing better than a a really good rookie because it's just so exciting to have a good rookie. And if Luke was here too, lockdown bikes, we talked just about Justin Jefferson, but what a class we were treated to this, like these last four seasons of rookies and the twins are, are seeing a couple now, probably not on the same level, but Alex Kirilov and Trevor Larnick are, are excelling. And Seth, you might have seen like the most electric one of the bunch in Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, I I ran out of things to say about Kaprizov. So the season started um, in January. I ran out of things to say by about the fourth or fifth game of the year. Um, you talk about a guy that just commanded presence on this team and commanded attention from opposing teams. He was ready to go the moment the puck dropped in his first game in the NHL. Had the OT winner in game his second game against the LA Kings. I mean, he had hat tricks this season. He had one of the craziest sequences I've ever seen in a hockey game against the Vegas Golden Knights where he scored the game-tying and game-winning goal in the span of about a minute and 10 seconds late in the season. 
it was just every little thing that he did to the point that I, by the end of the year, was not surprised by anything that he did. He possesses elite speed, puck handling ability. He is making passes between the legs without looking to his teammates to where they're not ready for him because, I mean, who is ready for that kind of a play when you're out on the ice? And for a team that has always been more veteran-heavy and has relied on good defense, kind of grit and grind, grind out like a 2-1 to win or a 3-2 to win, to have a guy that can help push the offense for once for the first time since Marion Gabrick was amazingly refreshing. And the crazy thing is, and yes, I know he played uh, over in the KHL for uh, several seasons, so it's not like he's a traditional rookie, which, yes, he still is a rookie. All of those Calder truthers that uh, that don't think that he deserves to be in contention for the Calder Trophy. But he is just scratching the surface on what he's able to do, and he did most of it having Victor Rask as his center on his line which is like basically carrying a boat anchor around with you on the ice. And he still led the team in goals, led the team in points. He's just getting started too, which is just, it's amazing. It's exciting. And uh, it, it finally gives us that guy who can just command the attention of everybody he goes against. My dad and I used to go to the X and go see Gabby and I wore his little, the little green old throwback wild Jersey Gabbert 10 and like, there's nothing like it. You know, there's just nothing like having a star like that, 35, 40, 40 goal score every year. But I I like the Wolves, and I, I've been to a lot of Wolves games, and, like, I love the NBA. I just wonder, and I talk to my buddies about this, too. I'm like, is there ever going to be a day, Ben? Like, give me some hope where the Wolves will be in contention in the West. Because I just – I mean, I get excited. Like, I was excited coming into this year, and I know they really did. Like, the health was an issue, and I know they played better basketball down the stretch. Yeah. Like, what do they need to do to, like, even be a seventh or an AC like they were with Jimmy Butler? Honestly, I, I think, uh, well, in the Jimmy Butler year, uh, well, I don't need to tell you guys if he was healthy. I mean, they would have probably been a four or five seed that year yeah. and, and likely advanced past the first round, I think. Um, I, I think that next year, of course, we're going into the offseason. We'll see what the offseason looks like. I tend to think the Wolves won't do much at all this offseason. No cap space, no draft pick. They could pull off a massive trade. Everyone's talking about Ben Simmons now. That's it's possible. Uh, it's obviously not likely if they do anything, it's going to be, it's either going to be nothing or something really big. I, I think as currently constructed, this is a team that's going to be in that conversation in the six to nine spot in the Western conference, because they were above 500 this year when D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns were healthy. And uh, they've only played a handful of games together total. It's like 22 or something games over the last two years together and they're slightly above 500 over that span and Anthony Edwards for the first part of that wasn't Anthony Edwards uh, this season and so you get those three together Malik Beasley um, you know maybe they trade him maybe he's back Jaden McDaniels was the other rookie from last year um, something that the, the Wolves are now talking about Gerson Rosas is talking about in the media is Leandro Balmero was their third first round pick last year he's playing overseas and is likely to come over this season. So he'll be their, their rookie um, and is a 20-year-old um, prospect uh, coming over. And so there is some hope that next year they'll contend. Now, the Western Conference is stacked. I mean, who's falling out of the playoffs in the Western Conference? 
it's tough. I mean, Memphis is one of the other young teams in the league. They're not likely to get worse. Um, so you start looking at that list of teams and it's like, well, shoot, you know, the Suns made a huge jump this year. Could the Wolves be that next team? I don't think they're going to be make a Suns-like jump, but I do think they'll be competitive. They'll be above 500 and they'll be in the conversation for the playoffs. Um, and if they're not next year, now you're talking about two years left on Towns' contract, one year left on D'Angelo Russell's contract, and probably blowing it up all over again. So it, I, I mean, I, I don't know that that makes you feel any better, but I feel like I feel like next year is the year that they've got to show some progress, or else things are going to have to change once again. I just, I think about, uh, I think they have like, I think Beasley's twenty twenty five point per game guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's obviously that. D'Lo's obviously that. Yeah, Edwards looks like that. It's just, is mm-hmm. it the defense? Yeah, it's primarily defense, and it's also making the parts all work together. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got four guys that can do that. It's who's going to be okay not doing that. You're not likely going to have four guys. You aren't going to have four guys scoring that much. Um, and so I think Beasley's the odd man out. I think there's a solid chance he's traded because his contract all of a sudden looks like a pretty good value. Um, and so there's a chance he's traded. If he's not, he's going to have to be the sixth man, and he's going to have to be okay with it. Um, so that could be a little bit of an issue, but it's primarily defense. I mean, Jade McDaniels and, uh, he's really the only plus defender in their top six guys in the rotation. Um, so they've got to find at least one more defender if they're going to improve on that end of the floor, but towns took a step in the right direction last year on defense. And that's, I mean, you look at some of these other teams, uh, that are still playing Trey young, Devin Booker on their respective teams. Neither of those guys played any defense before this year. Neither of them are good defenders, but they're at least trying on defense and they're, you know, slightly below average defenders. And there's a big difference between that and atrocious and towns is headed in the right direction to be a solid defender. And that's going to make a big difference. And, and I don't think that gets talked about enough. Yeah. And what's uh, I want to know your opinion too. Cause I remember watching the draft a couple of years ago and they picked Culver. I think they took him sixth. Yep. I think they took him sixth, and he was out of Houston. Uh, yeah. Texas tech. Yeah. Texas tech. Yeah. And I watch. I remember watching him cause they were in the final four that year. And like, he was like, he was fun to watch. But I didn't know like what he was really like. What was he really good at? Like, what was what did he excel? It seemed like he was good at a lot of things, but didn't like excel in one spot. Yep. And I've read a lot of tweets. Like, I was reading tweets about him. I didn't watch the Wolves a ton, but I saw that he, like, it seemed like he was playing better. Or what? What? What's the deal with him? Yeah, early in the season, he had like a twenty point game in their first or second game of the season. Of course, they started two zero. They beat Utah on the road. Utah was the one seed in the West this year. Um, and Culver had a twenty point game. He had a, a couple of ten rebound games. And was solid. He's always he's been a solid defender since day one in the NBA. The problem is he doesn't have a jumper. He he can't shoot, and uh, he la- he loses his confidence as soon as he starts missing shots. And then he's completely worthless on the offensive end of the floor. And then he becomes almost unplayable. And so this year, after that hot start, he regressed. Then he got hurt. He missed the final couple months of the season. I still think he's got a little bit of trade value uh, because he was the sixth overall pick just two years ago. He only played a couple of years in college, so he's still young but he's also got a six and a half million dollar salary because he was the sixth overall pick. And so I don't know how much, I still think it's positive trade value, but I don't think it's much. There's a real chance he's traded this off season because it just takes one team to say, Oh yeah, we'll take a flyer on him. We'll give you an expiring contract and a second rounder or whatever. I think the wolves would do that. Uh, Josh Kogi's probably a little bit of a better defender and he's a better all around player at this moment, even if his ceiling's not as high and they're a little bit redundant. So I don't have a lot of hope for Culver turning it around with the wolves, but he may have some trade value. Speaking of uh, bigger contracts, Seth, a lot of talk about the Wild going after Jack Eichel. What what needs to happen there? Well, in order for that to happen, you're going to need to give up two of your top prospects. You're going to need to give up a ready player at the NHL level, and you're going to need to give up some draft picks as well. And 
yes, there have been some rumblings about whether or not Jack Eichel is a good clubhouse fit for whatever team he goes to. I don't know. The guy just got through a season in Buffalo, which they were out of it by the time we hit February. Like they lost 19 games in a row. And if you're telling me that that doesn't have an impact on anybody, you're wrong. Winning cures a lot of things, and Buffalo did not win last year, so it's understandable that Eichel wants out. He's signed for, I think, the next five years, and uh, it's something like $10 million per season, so it's an affordable contract, um, but at the same time, like they have to make uh, a big splash, the Wild do, because Jewel Erickson-Eck profiles as a second-line center, um, and beyond that, they really don't have many on the roster currently right now. They've got Marco Rossi, who should be part of the uh, the future of this team starting next year if he can get back to where he was pre-COVID. But in order to get Eichel, you're going to have to part with him. You're probably going to have to part with Matt Boldy, or you're going to have to sweeten it. You're going to have to probably throw in Matt Dumba in order to make the salaries work. Maybe you have to throw in Kevin Fiala to make it work as well. The main point, he is worth the price, but the question becomes if Bill Guerin thinks it's too much and if some other team decides to throw in more to the point where then the Wild have to try to outbid somebody, at that point I think they step out of it because, yes, he would be worth the price, and I'm of the belief that uh, I think whatever the price is, you have to pay it. But if somebody outbids and somebody increases that price... That gets dicey. Oh, hey, don't mind me. Just about to chomp into one of these delicious Built Bars. Wait, what? You've never heard of a Built Bar? Those delicious tasting and great for you protein bars everybody's talking about? Okay, here's the best way I can put it. So Built Bar's got nine amazing flavors. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. One of those is going to be your favorite, I guarantee it. If you're not sure where to start, get the mixed box. You can get two each of the nine flavors. The best part about Built Bar is they are amazing for you. Each bar has over 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, contains only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So not only do they taste great, they are also great for you. So don't wait any longer. Head to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The reason that it reminds me so much of the 2019 Twins is because this is the exact conversation that people were having that offseason about trading prospects. And it's different in baseball and hockey because, like, the team control is so big in baseball and you see, like, blown-up trades all the time, like the glass-and-out trade and all those things. But this was a conversation. It was like, okay, you have this team that has really good players, has a good core, like, is built to win now. You need to supplement what length do you go to, you know, like how do you find that middle ground? And I feel like that's such a a question for the wild right now. I think what happened for the twins, you know, less, they were good last year, but this summer, especially um, maybe finding out that that core is not as, as solid as you thought. And I think now that they, they realize and go back and think about that off season, they're probably grateful they didn't trade more to supplement this core. Now they have Kirloff and Larnick when they might have traded them and they can like build around them for the next six years rather than you know trading for Noah Syndergaard or something like right. that. But that's that's the question that you have to you have to ask yourself. 
and Ben, like, I don't even know because we talk about these cycles and like the twins are in, in limbo right now in the middle of the season. We'll see how it ends up and, and like where they're at. I think they're in for a retool, hopefully not a rebuild. Um, the while they're clearly on the upswing and need some, they need some help to really like vault. But like, where are the wolves in terms of, of just like the competitive cycle? Cause you talk about expiring deals with Cat and with D but then you have Anthony Edwards. It's like, it, it's like almost a little bit of both. Yeah. And I said that leading to the draft last year, everybody would ask me with the number one pick, like, Hey, uh, why wouldn't they just, you know, like the, the wolves were one of, we're in a really weird spot last year going into the draft and they're still in the same spot, which is they're not good. Right. I mean, they were a lottery team again, but yet they're not rebuilding because they think they already have, I mean, they do have two max contracts on their roster. And so they can't be in an, like an actual rebuild because you have Carl Anthony towns who was all NBA. He's a multi-time all-star. You have D'Angelo Russell. who has been an all-star both on max contracts. So they're, you're right. You're exactly right. They're in this weird limbo where they think they're better than they've been, but they have to prove it. Um, and, and you know, what do you do next? They don't have the caps. They don't have any cap space, um, but yet they won, you know, they were, had the sixth worst record in the league last year. So um, I think, you know, like I said a minute ago, I think this is an above 500 team, but is that good enough? So say they say they finish seventh in the West next year. Well, now what? You're still capped out. You still have two max guys. So either Anthony Edwards has to take a leap or Towns has to take another leap and become like Devin Booker did this year for Phoenix and became a top 12 player went from like being a top you know 30 player to a top 12 player Towns would have to take that type of a leap or Edwards would have to take a leap into the top 20 which is feasible I mean those things can happen but we're talking about like they better be right you know betting on these guys being their stars or else they're headed right back into the same rebuild that we've seen three times since Kevin Garnett left the first time um so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where it's at. Nash, I'm going to turn around and ask you a quick question about the Twins. Uh, related to contracts, you were talking about contracts and what, what do you do with some of these contracts. What does your gut tell you about Byron Buxton? Um, obviously, the the injuries are insane, but, like, I mean, what, one more year team control? And uh, there have been, you know, varying reports about uh, contract discussions between him and the team. Is there any possibility he's traded? Or what does your gut tell you about what happens in the next 12 months with Buxton? Well, I definitely think he's not getting traded now, right? Because he busted yeah. his hands out for a month. Right. But I think um, I was, this is so tough. Like, it's it's probably the toughest thing for them, uh, more than anything, like more than Burrios, who's also a free agent after next year, because he's, you know, he's durable. And you kind of know what you have with him. He's still got a little bit of upside. He's a five-year, $100 million player. But Buxton, there is no doubt, Ben, to me anymore. And Seth, you know this too. No doubt anymore that when he's healthy, he's up there with Acuna and to see, like, honestly, he's up there. He's one of the best players in the world. No question about it. When he's on the field, he put it all together uh, in April. Like you saw just what he's capable of doing. We've been saying it for years. Like if he can just give you 130 games, 130 games out of 162, like the things that he will do um, personally, like it's not my money, but he's so electric. And I, I also understand the the contract and what it'll do for you if he doesn't play and he hasn't played and how that will cripple. That can cripple a team like the Twins that don't have a big payroll. They can't, you know, they can't always do that. But the upside that he brings, and I, I honestly don't know if he'll ever be healthy, man. Like, I don't know if he'll ever play 100 games again. I, I don't know if he'll ever do that. It's just we haven't seen it. And he did it once in 2017, but he wasn't the same offensive player he is now. He's a true five-tool player. Um, clearly their best player, one of the best players in the American league. So it's such a hard thing. And also he's a guy who 
you know, the city in a way has fallen in love with the last couple of years, certainly, but also like has been so frustrated because he's this top prospect and we expected so much from him. And like you hear about him for years when the twins were awful and like he's the savior with Miguel Sano. So he has that with the city and he said he doesn't want to leave Minnesota. And you guys all know when someone says they don't want to leave Minnesota, you don't want them leave Minnesota. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> Making Chad happy with Velo, making Kuro happy with Eichel, like those things are important. And when guys say they don't want to leave, you got to like digs you saw go like those things are important. And I mean, I love Byron Bucks and like you get attached to these players watching them every day. Um, and I never want to see him play in a different uniform, but I, I also don't know if he'll ever be healthy. So how do you value that? You know, on the field, he's a $200 million player. And that's, that's not just like the twins fan in me saying that legitimately a $200 million player, but when he's hurt all the time, Jackie Bradley Jr. signed for $24 million last year. That's what Buxton will get, you know, like two years, $24 million. He's not he, – he, when he's on the field, he's amazing, but he, you just don't know how much you're going to get him. So how do you value that contract? And it's easy for us to say, just sign him. But what do you sign him for? And he's probably going to wait till free agency to see if he can stay healthy next year. But if I'm the Twins and if I'm Byron, like I go into this offseason and I think, okay, let's meet in the middle. Let's do like five years, $70, 75000000 million. Buxton gets uh, – security for his family and he's him not knowing if he's going to stay healthy either he gets that security the twins get some security put some option years on there um he gets like guaranteed he gets his guaranteed money it's a risk for the twins it's a risk for buxton because if he goes off and stays healthy he's gonna outplay that contract but i think that's what they should do and i don't know if buxton will do that i think he'll probably wait but what if he you know what if he has that next year you know what does he get in free agency it's a tough spot i would meet him in the middle because uh, you guys see what he does. Like, he's the engine that makes the team rock. Yeah, you know? 100%. Yeah.